Our Father, who art in heaven. Our Father, part one of seven. Words come more quickly to me when I am moving. It's one of the reasons I prefer walking and talking. The same is true for prayer. I find it easier to pray when I incorporate my body, closing my eyes, clasping my hands, making the sign of the cross, using a rosary. In the morning, I sit cross-legged. In the evening, I kneel beside my bed. We have bodies for a reason, and how we use them matters, especially when what we are doing matters. It is difficult to know how to do good in the world. This summer, I was jogging near Holy Rosary, the beautiful landmark church in Tacoma. I was praying and asking to be used for the highest good. I saw this woman next to the sidewalk, sitting in a pile of trash, with her shoeless feet sticking out. This idea bubbled up inside me, stop and pray for her. I immediately pushed that thought away and kept going. But then a second thought popped up, which was something like, didn't you just say you were available to be used? Not like this, I protested. I took a few more steps, then stopped and turned around. I walked toward the woman. She looked up at me and asked, pray for me? I nodded with my mouth agape and squatted next to her. I began to pray the Our Father, and as I did, she joined in. First, I was awed that that thought had risen up inside me. Second, that she asked me to follow through on it. Third, by the universality of the prayer, which she was able to recall from someplace inside her. The prayer comes from Christ's longest and well-known teaching, the Sermon on the Mount. He begins with the Beatitudes, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And he teaches about sinning in your heart, turning the other cheek, loving your enemies, storing up treasures in heaven. Don't judge, lest you be judged. The narrow gate, knowing a tree by its fruit. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And the wise man who builds his house on a rock. And when Jesus had finished these words, the multitudes were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one having authority and not as their scribes. In the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, Christ taught about prayer. He said, when you pray, pray like this, and gave the world the timeless petition known as the Our Father or the Lord's Prayer. This post will look at that first clause, Our Father who art in heaven. There will be six subsequent weekly posts looking at the other parts of the prayer. There are different translations of this prayer, but each one begins the same. Our Father. Our is collective. Instead of saying my, we are instructed from the very first word to be cognizant of the fact that this prayer has been prayed by others, is being prayed by others, and will be prayed by others. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, we are told of a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us. It goes on to describe the lineage of people of faith, those who stopped the mouths of lions, who obtained promises, women who received back their dead. It also talks of those who were imprisoned, stoned, sawed in two, people of whom the world was not worthy. There are those who loom large in our history. Abraham Lincoln, Martin Luther King Jr., Susan B. Anthony, Sojourner Truth. There are others who cast long shadows for different reasons. Pol Pot, Chairman Mao, Karl Marx, Joseph Stalin. The past has given us giants. It is our task to determine which ones to stand on the shoulders of and which ones to slay.
both require courage. The alternatives are to be overshadowed, which is to remain in darkness, or to be ground into flour, which is to become bread for the past. We have temperate rainforest in western Washington. When I walk through the woods, I see nurse logs and nurse stumps, where a seedling takes root on a felled tree. The dead and decomposing tree provides nutrients and succor to the living growing one. I often meditate on how those that came before provisioned us in similar ways. The first word of the prayer is not my, not your, but our. Our father, our neighborhood, our country, our problems, our world. Think of all that that word contains, the past, present, and future faces that it represents. These words have survived for thousands of years. They have been cherished, preserved, hidden, shared, translated into every tongue, and in them we are told the word for God is Father. It is the only title given to God in the entire prayer. Each of us had a father, or else we would not be alive. As a word, it points to the essence of being in Genesis chapter 1 and reminds us of the right order of creation. There are examples of good fathers and bad fathers throughout the Bible, throughout history, in myths, stories, and in our own lives. Even the best earthly father cannot attain perfection. Each one of our fathers was flawed. That is why the qualifier, who art in heaven, follows right after it. The father of this prayer is the father of fathers. He is the fulfillment of what it means to be a father, the spirit of fatherhood. Earth is a reflection of eternity. It is the shadows on the wall of Plato's cave. The dim echoes of now will be clearly heard later. The ache of saying goodbye, of not being able to love completely, of the shameful ways we fail ourselves and each other. This is all missed before the dawn. Think of how you can walk along and not even notice what's around you until you see a puddle. And in its reflection, you see the trees, the clouds, an airplane flying by overhead. The reflection is not reality, but it made you aware of it. Our fathers who art on earth are reflections, for better or worse, of our father who art in heaven. Your father is your creator. If your relationship to your creator is a good one, then it can lead to fullness. If your relationship to your creator is broken, then it will lead to emptiness. It is no small or simple thing to set right that relationship when it goes wrong, but in this prayer I hear a call to do that. How different this prayer would be if we were instructed to pray to our king or our lord or our judge. A father can be all of those things, but he is a father first. The final thing that strikes me is that a father is an interdependent relationship. It is something you cannot be on your own. You cannot be a father without children, without a family. It appears to me that our father in heaven calls us to participate in his completeness. What he is for Jesus, he wants to be for us as well. Christ, in saying our Father, is calling us to be little Christ, to learn a trade and build things, literally, I think, just to walk places. 
listen to people and speak truth into their lives. When we are called upon to heal to the capacity we are able to willingly endure scorn and suffer unjustly, to be heavenly children. A few weeks ago, I was out for a walk. I felt prompted to go down a street I had never gone down before. Coming around a corner overlooking the freeway, I saw the same woman I had seen this summer. She immediately recognized me, jumped up, and gave me a big hug. Then she began crying into my chest. I held her in the gray fall morning. Then I asked her if she wanted to pray. Once again, we joined our voices with those who have called out for 2,000 years. And we said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.